This is the Three to Win Podcast, sharing optimal steps to win your day, month, and year. Your money and your life are like crossroads, and when they meet, true success can be discovered. Our Real Talk conversations are about creating fulfillment throughout your life's journey. And now, here is the Life Architecture team. Hey, welcome back to the Three to Win podcast. This is episode two, season one. This is exciting. We are loving doing this. We had a bla- did you guys have a blast with the last one? Yeah, we didn't scare them off. So well, that's good. that we know of. There could be literally no one listening to this. Except right I'm now. now the toilet paper guy. And- you don't have to be the toilet paper. Well, I don't want to be the like TikTok guy. Although I do want to be. I do want to be the TikTok uh, well, guy. What are you going to be? Uh, well. Yeah, I don't know. But what I was going to say is I have like four followers on TikTok. One's my mom. So for sure, my mom's listening to this. The so other we do have but, one listener. But the other two are us. So And then like yeah. I think my 10-year-old also follows yeah. you. Yeah, so there's my audience. So my got, everyone's got to see, though, the John and Rich TikTok of Swim. Oh, it's Swim. The, the okay. Lightning Light Challenge. So can I tell you the worst? Can I tell you? And this, is, this made my wife very mad at me. So... You guys, so this is Rich Blooney. So, hey, how you doing? We're back with John Kenny and Matt Marcuse. So, when we did the the, the little, what was the challenge called again? The Blinding Lights Challenge. So, the challenge. TikTok Blinding Lights Challenge. So, Johnny and I, okay. I would say our dance skill level, we'd put ourselves at a solid six to seven, maybe an no, eight. No, that's, that's gracious. All right. I would put myself six to seven. Johnny at probably like a seven to eight. <laughs> and so, Luke, my son, probably around us as well. And so, our wives, Jackie and Dawn, really wanted to be in this challenge. So when we started doing the choreography, we were lining up, but the girl, the girls, both our wives, kept on messing up the choreography. So we go, let's do this one more time with me, John, and Luke in the front. So we did it, and that was the one we ended up posting. It's it's horrible, but it's still kind of cute. So Dawn is telling her girlfriend about this story, and Dawn goes, and you know what? Rich put me in the back. And I go, Dawn, I didn't put you in the back. Your talent put you in there. <laughs> so that did not go over well. So I, I publicly apologized to my beautiful wife, who's an outstanding dancer and who's super awesome. We inadvertently but, plugged my TikTok, though, because that's posted on my page. That is. What so. is your name on TikTok? Though? Yeah, what is your name on it's TikTok? It's not like fun or creative. It's just jfkennedy87. But I don't have to spell it like we had to spell Mine it. Mine is so confusing. Yeah. So if you weren't paying attention to episode one, then I'm not going to tell you what it is. No, it's Memento Vivere, the number four ever. But don't worry about it. It'll be somewhere maybe... Do we have notes? Do we have like podcast notes? Sure, we can do that. We'll put it in the podcast we can do that, notes. Right? We have... If we can, we will. If not, okay. people are super I am smart. just a TikTok stalker. You, yeah. So I do not produce TikTok videos. I just look at others. But uh, yeah, UCF graduate is, is my and, and somehow video. graduate is purposely spelled wrong <laughs> in his witty way of saying something. So in this particular, we, we alluded. That's like a big word. That's like a UCF word. Mm-hmm. Alluded. Yeah. It's, we alluded in the last podcast to the fact that we have some strange synchronicities and similarities. So if you didn't tune into the first one, so Rich Blooney, that's me. I'm 52. John Kennedy is 33. Matt Marku is 40. And we all live on the same street. So that's one weird synchronicity. Another one's kind of a little bit kind of deeper and, and something that we wanted to talk about on this one. So we're going kind of like in boom right in this direction. All three of us lost our fathers when we were in our 20s. So, John, how old were you when you lost your dad? 24. And Matt, how old were you? Uh, 29. Right. And I was 22. So, 
you know, we all lost our dads at, at very young ages in our 20s, which for most people is a very pivotal time in your life. You know, Mark Twain was talking about his father one time, and he said, when I was 15, I couldn't believe how stupid my old man was. When I turned 20, I couldn't believe how much the old man learned in just five years. So it's really interesting that it's not sometimes until we're in our 20s that we see the value of our parents and our, our elders and all that kind of stuff. And I think a lot of people that are listening to this, to this might either relate because they've lost somebody that, you know, that, that was very close to them at a young age or even recently. And how interesting it is that for most 52-year-olds, um, I'm very blessed. My mom is 89. She's still alive. But for many of my friends and people my age, I'm starting to see more and more of them lose parents. Matt, some of the people in your age category might be seeing that as something that's now more of a possibility than they ever imagined it. And John, for the majority of people that are your age, that might almost seem like unimaginable right. or so far in the future. Yet for all three of us, it's a reality. I'm just, you know, curious. You're the youngest of us. Sure. How did that affect you losing your dad at, you know, 24 years old? Well, yeah, that's, I mean, it came as such a shock to us, you know, I mean, from the time of diagnosis to losing him, it all happened inside of one year. Wow. Um, and so he would have been, he was uh, 66 and collected one social security check. Wow. Um, uh, from, yeah, from social security administration and then passed after that. And, uh, you know, I think for me, I, it really allowed me to, to be far more in touch with my own mortality than, the average 20 something year old. And, and it's interesting. I, I would say it's an interesting perspective from somebody who's like, you know, in our field of financial services and financial planning to, to, you know, we're planners by nature. So we're trying to plan for the next 20, 30, 50 years. Um, yet I also have this, I, I pair that with this personality of like, well, we're not promised tomorrow and time is finite. So we also need to be planning for the now and enjoying what we're doing in our life. Yeah. And at a young age, I just, I was very in touch with my own mortality. I, I you know, I, I, I know that the, the clock is always ticking and you just don't know when that's going to happen. I, I, yeah, for sure. Well, what about you though? I mean, you were 22. It was really weird. You know, for me, my dad was kind of like the, kind of the center for me and, and my strength in a lot of ways. He was, he was very different person. I'm much more personality wise like my mom. My dad was kind of the quieter one. He didn't say a lot. He didn't talk a lot. I come from an Italian-American background. My dad was very tough, very strong guy. And for me, I think it was a shock. And interestingly enough, my dad was 59 when he died. And my dad, just like yours, my dad was diagnosed with cancer in like, I think, December and passed away by October. So it was very similar. It was a very quick kind of time. What I got from it was I realized my career path. Um, taking care of my dad is what led me into becoming a registered nurse, which I've been for 27 years. And my first job was taking care of teenagers with cancer. At a young age, at 22, I had already experienced a significant death. And by the time I was, you know, 20, let's say 23-ish, when I was in nursing school, um, I started dealing with people dying. I started. I was a, a nurse in nursing school at the height of the the AIDS crisis. So I took care of a lot of these you know, beautiful young men who, who passed away from AIDS. And it was, it was heartbreaking, but I had something already built into me, much like you, where I had an understanding of loss at an early age. It molded me in the sense that the good that came out of it for me was 
it's what led me into healthcare. Cause it was my dad that said to me when I was helping to, to bathe him, to clean him up, mm-hmm. he said, you'd be a really good nurse. And you know, I used to be a theater major. Like the hardest class I ever took was like advanced mime. So for me, <laughs> you know, the idea, no, it's a thing. So for me, I'll bust, I will bust out a fake mime for you right now. But for me, it was very intimidating to do anatomy and physiology and biology and microbiology and all, you know, I was a little bit, man, there was something inside me that said, this is what I need to do. That that's, where it turned me and so for matt for you at 29 which is an interesting age because like you're right just about to go into your 30s which is when we start to be maybe a little bit more a, a grown-up at least some of yeah. us right so it's like yeah. yeah it was it was it was a really interesting time and sort of an interesting story so so my dad i was extremely close with him he was um you know, he was the best man at my wedding. I mean, how many... Seriously? He was the best man oh, at my wedding. Beautiful. So, yeah, you know, uh, my, my parents were divorced, so he was a single dad, and my mom is, is, is great, and she was uh, she still is amazing and a big part of my life. But my dad was... Um, he, he just always served as that role for me as as a dad, but also just just my, my best bud. So, you know, but, but at that time, at 30, you know, you're getting into your career. You're not living at home anymore. And so he... He started to travel um, um, towards, uh, you know, after I left to go to school and, you know, started my family or started with, with getting married and, and moving on. And so he was actually out in Las Vegas. Uh, he had a, a big motor coach um, with, a, with a motorcycle and he and his buddies would go around. He was ex-military. So he'd go around from base to base, uh, you know, just seeing the sights around the country, just enjoying retirement uh, at 66 years of age. And I got a call. He was out in Las Vegas at Nellis Air Force Base. And I got a call from his buddies that said, hey, your dad collapsed. And we, we don't know what's up. And, you know, you probably should come out here. And so my dad always instilled with me the attitude of whatever it takes to get it done. And I'll, I'll circle back with what that means in a moment. Um, so I hopped on a one-way flight to Nellis Air Force Base um, from, from Florida. And I packed up his RV, packed him up. Um, he was diagnosed at that time with having a, a glioma. So you might know what that is. You know, Rich, it's... You know, it's a, it's a very advanced brain cancer. And uh, so I packed up all of his stuff. Now, I don't know how to drive an RV. I don't know how to drive a motorcycle. And I certainly don't know how to drive across the country. But we packed up all of his stuff, or I packed up all of his stuff, got him into the RV. And for four days, we drove straight from Las Vegas to, to Orlando. Now, we're here in Orlando with an RV and a motorcycle. We have no place to put it. My wife was amazing during the entire time. She was telling us where gas stations were and, and uh, navigating me via phone to, to get to Orlando. We parked it in a, in a RV facility. He came into my house and five weeks later he died. And uh, so yeah, five weeks, it was, it was quick. But you know what? He left me with, and the way that I look at it is that that was the last lesson he gave me in life was how to deal with death. Because up to that point in time, I lived a really easy life. I graduated college, I graduated high school, I got married. I mean, life was, there was very little adversity at that point. And, um, and so he left me with the, with the greatest lesson at the end was how to deal with death. And for my clients, and if I bring this back to the business side, was prior to this, whenever I had a client that dealt with death, and my clients are generally older than me, um, you know, I, I, was, I was advising them from what I learned in a book. And then I went through death of my own and realized what happens to your assets when you die? What happens to... You know, how does a death certificate, how long does it take for it to even arrive? These things that I read in a book, I was actually living through that. And so um, I look at that and yes, it, was, it, was it sad? Absolutely. Losing your, you know, one of your best friends is, is never easy. But I looked at it as the perspective of him giving me this last lesson in life 
of what do you do? How does the end of life work? And how do you deal with that? And so I, I looked at it as a, as a positive light. Try not to look at it as a negative light. You know, you know, and when you think you both, so for both of you, your dads were, you're both your dads were 66. Yeah. Same exact age. Yeah, yes. I just learned that right now. And for your yeah. dad, it was, uh, was it cancer as well? Yeah. And mm-hmm. your dad was cancer, cancer. and my dad was yeah. cancer. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it's interesting. Many, many of, of the folks listening to this podcast um, have had cancer touch their lives. I've had cancer. I had skin cancer. I had major surgery on my face. My wife had thyroid cancer, had her thyroid mo- removed and had, you know, radiation treatment. So, I mean, cancer is something, you know, my first job, I think I've alluded to, I think I said I was a pediatric oncology nurse, you know, cancer touches a lot of people's lives and cancer can be also expensive. I would imagine even with people that have, you know, good health care. And I think for you guys in your financial planning world, it's not only planning for maybe death, but it could be also planning for a health care sure. issue or crisis or. Yeah. And I have an idea. I just want to talk through. I don't know if this is going to make sense, but you know, it also, I mean, in the adversity, I think all three of us had in losing our dads at a young age. I mean, that, that helps really in our standpoint, like develop, and be good leaders and good stewards for the other people that, you know, whether you serve them on the healthcare side yeah. or, you know, I mean, listen, that, that was certainly my first like real experience in, um, you know, losing someone that close to me and understanding what the emotions are, what that feels like holding someone's hand now in the role that we serve as someone's financial advocate, like holding their hand, being there with them, helping them with, you know, the, you know, the final arrangements and those types of things. I mean, it really puts you in a, in a, in a leadership role at that point. And, and what I would say for you guys with what you do, you know, I always like to say empathy is a powerful bridge. Yeah. You know, having an understanding for what somebody is going through on a personal level, for you to say before it was out of a book and then it became real life, you know, for you to say, you know, now if I hold the hand of, you know, a widower who's, you know, now coming in when you knew both both the folks and, you know, their significant others now passed away. Empathy is a very powerful bridge. In our last episode, John talked about and mentioned how powerful communication is. And it's so important to be able to have that, you know, empathy with someone. To And once you have that empathy, it allows for a different level of communication. I remember when my dad died. I did not know anyone else who had lost a dad. It was just me. And the funeral was, I did my dad's eulogy. I was 22 and a half years old. I did the eulogy. And, you know, I take pride in that. But I remember after the funeral, going back to my mom's house and just, I I got really quiet and I just went into my room. And there was this guy, Scott, that I was friends with. And he was the only person that I knew who had lost it. He lost his dad at a young age, even younger than me. And he came in the room and he looked at me and literally this guy just like hugged me and he said, I understand. Wow. And that, and that was when I started crying. Mm. I didn't cry at the funeral. I, I, I didn't cry when they lowered the casket in the ground. I could not cry until somebody, and I get all choked up thinking about it, until somebody looked me in the eye and said, I understand. And when Scott said that to me, mm. um, it clicked because empathy is a powerful bridge. It enabled me to get in touch with 
these emotions that I was like trying to suppress and hold down. So for you guys in your world to be able to talk to people about loss, they see John who's like, you know, you guys can't see us right now, but you know, John and Matt are these very young, handsome, good looking guys. They, you know, they look younger than their ages. And you know, to see someone like John, who's like this young, sweet, handsome guy to be able to say, I lost my dad when I was, you know, 24 years old, I, I think is so relatable. And, and the same for you to be able to have this story of, these four days of driving in, in an RV across the country is, you know, a gift. Yeah, which he did try to step out of the vehicle at 80 miles an hour on the highway. The, the disease well, had taken over his body, and he said, Matt, I need to go outside. And I said, Dad, it's we're in Texas. We're going 80 miles an hour. Do not step out of the RV right now. So apparently... This apparently, will not be a good time because it's not going to end well. Apparently, Matt's dad was Evil Knievel. So <laughs> it's good to know. For all of you that are oh, younger, all you millennials have no idea who that was. I know you guys know who that was. I actually had the action figure when I was a kid. Do you guys... Do you know who Evil Knievel was, John? Yeah, I watched something in the History Channel about him. <laughs> so I actually watched Evil Knievel jump over the Snake River Canyon with my dad. And the reason why I remember that is my dad was really funny and my dad was like like a smoker so he's smoking a cigarette and he didn't say a lot and I remember it was like broadcast on TV this is my memory of it I, I'm, I'm thinking I remember being a little kid I remember him lighting it up and as they're getting ready he goes yeah he's gonna crash <laughs> like he was just like no way that was gonna happen so one of the things that we want to do you know so this is kind of a little bit of a heavy kind of episode where we're talking about this but you know I, I think about how powerful that those moments were for us, that loss of a significant person in our life, that loss of a family member, that loss of somebody who is our best friend, that loss that happened so suddenly that it took us by surprise, that loss of somebody who was like your guiding light. A lot of you guys might have been through that. So first of all, just as other fellow human beings on this earth, our heart goes out to you. We understand that. You always want to make sure that if there's anybody giving you advice, if they're talking to you about your money, if they're talking to you about your life, if they're talking about how to how to navigate those things, it's always good to have somebody that understands and has that bridge of empathy. So one of the reasons why we call this three to win is we encourage you to try to do three things every day to make your life better. So obviously we can't give you every single day something to do, but you know, think about like what's a book you can read or, or a podcast that you can listen to, maybe this one, or you know, a, a, something on YouTube you can watch or an inspirational quote that you can read or something that you could do every day, walking around the block, playing with your kids, three things that you could do every day to make yourself better. But we wanna make sure on our podcast, we leave you with three things to help you win. So. You know, as we talked about this, you know, losing significant others, for us, you know, the similarity of losing our dads, you know, I would turn Matt maybe to you right out of the gate. What's something especially coming from your world since we're cross-secting, you know, do you cross-sect? Did I make that word up too? I, I feel think like, we do that. I feel like I make up words sometimes. Okay. You know, like I, I do. You sound intelligent while you're. Yeah, you know, I do. All about the confidence and the way you. If you do, if you just word. like come out with something, like if you just say no like, gonna we're going to cross secticize something right now. Like, listen, we need to cross secticize. You know, it just sounds good. I'm going to cross secticize something. I like that. Unfortunately, they can replay it over and over again Damn. and then listen to that. Like, don't make me. It, but that yeah. sounds like something like an angry parent would say. Like, don't make me cross secticize you right. <laughs> now matt if you were going to cross if relate if you were yeah. going to build a bridge between the 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 world of, of money and the world of loss and, and bereavement what what's what's one of the three things what's something you'd want to leave yeah, the listeners so, so with? I, I think i think you know one of the things to consider is is having a plan right a lot of the talks that i do with my clients revolve having a plan and so i think there needs to be a plan and that plan, you know, we don't, you don't need to, to write out what your final wishes are, but there's simple things you can do. You know, do, do you have a will? 
Do you have a trust? Do you have um, you know, the, the beneficiaries set correct on your retirement accounts? It's very simple things to do to make sure that in the event, and you heard some of our stories, some of them, the, 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 um, you know, our fathers, it, it took some time for them to pass, and some it happened very suddenly, like in my situation, five weeks. You know, if it, we had a plan in place, and, and we executed that plan, um, we didn't have to scramble there at the end. And so we were able to do some of the other things uh, and spend some time, you know, at, at the end instead of trying to figure out paperwork and getting the affairs in order. The affairs were already in order. So, you know, some, some very simple things you can do is make sure your estate plan is solid. Uh, make sure your will and trust is is solid and, and make sure your beneficiaries are correct on your well, accounts. And, and I'd, I'd like to add to that because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of those things are pretty easy action items, right? I mean, we're not talking like when you hear about having an you know setting up a state documents or having an estate plan like that sounds pretty overwhelming but it doesn't have to be does it, it does. checking beneficiaries i mean that's that's quite easy yeah it really is you know these are not hard things to do that's why we want to give you some very quick easy tidbits of, of what can be done simplistically and so uh yeah that's one of them it's just making sure you're checking something and I, I as i remember you guys said something to me one time when we were talking because i think you were sharing with me I, I don't remember which one because you guys you guys start to look alike to me sometimes. Um, You're seen movie twins. Yes, I have. Yeah, so Danny did. Danny, no, and, no you guys are both beyond short Schwarzenegger. You guys are <laughs> you guys are studs, man. I I want to say, and if I'm making this up, go no. But it sounds good that you guys said that when you have a client who has experienced loss, you tell them to not make any major decisions for six months. Yeah, roughly six months. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to make any major money choices at that time, right? You're, you're not mentally in the place that you probably want to be when it comes to making a, you know, a major purchase, buying or selling a home, stuff like that. Because your mind's not right. Of course. You're, you're, you're yeah. stressed. You're under, under pressure. And that's not the time, if you've lost your, your significant other, that's not the time to make major purchases, major decisions. And again, that comes from the perspective of, of empathy because you guys understand because you lived through it. I would say that for me, I'll, I'll leave people with two. First of all, you know, like I talked about my silly tattoo that says memento mori, which means remember you will die. And I think it is very important that we live our life thinking that, you know, this is, this is, this is it. This is our life. You know, I like to quote great thinkers and I like to quote, you know, people who have changed the world. So I would like to quote, Axel Rose from Guns N' Roses. <laughs> when he said, you know where you are? You're in the jungle, baby. You're going to die. Axel, who I love you, Axel. Axel's right. We're all going to die. That is a guarantee we're going to die. Unless you're like like the Tesla dude and you're going to freeze your body. And you're, what did Walt Disney did that, I think. Is that just like a rumor? His head. No, just, just his, his head. head. Just his head. But unless that's possible really? in the future. Just, what? Walt Disney I need to, I need to Google cryo it. froze his head so that in the future he can come back. Which I'm thinking just sounds horrifying. But whatever. <laughs> Not that I love Walt Disney, but I'm just saying. Whatever. I mean, what if? But listen, we're all going to die. So how are you living your life? Like literally think today, what if today was it? Like what if you went to bed tonight and did not wake up? It, it, rem it reminds me of a quote from one of my favorite musicians. And, and the quote is, time running out is a gift. Yeah. And so you, you think of like time running out is, oh my gosh, time's running out. But time running out is a gift because if it not, did not run out, 
if time is not running out, why would we be making uh, the impacts in the life that we are? Why would we hold our, our significant other's hand when we're walking? If time running out, if time's not running out, then we have no purpose. That's right. So we've got to make the most of it in the time that we do have. Which is why oftentimes when, like I know John, for you, if I, if I, well, I don't give you deadlines, but if I were to say to you, hey, dude, let's, you know, let's paint our fence versus, hey, we need to paint our fence by May 27th. You're like, you get a date. John's like that kind yeah. of, you're the same way. Like you guys, you know, are very, you know, I have like ADD and OCD, which well, means. Well, this is like when we painted my house, we which, did. which we did do that. We did do that. And yeah. we, we had it by doing, I did help John paint his house. Exterior I, folks. Exterior. Talking... That's the badass painting. That's the so. hard stuff. Would you ever do it again? Yeah. I would, oh, I would help John, chance. but I would advise him as now his friend. Like I, my, I wouldn't give you financial advising. I'd give you like, give you life architecture advice. And I'd be like, nope, stimulate the economy. Hire someone else. But what I always like to say is like I have ADD and OCD, which means I like everything to be perfect, but only for a little while. And so I I know like for me when we were painting, that was like something that was like kind of an important kind of thing because we were doing that together and that was special. But but I would ask everybody if you were going to go to to bed tonight, you know, like would you close your eyes and feel good that you helped paint your neighbor's house, or would you sure. feel like crap? Would you? I know people in my personal life that at young ages went to bed and didn't wake up, and Sometimes, you know, when you look back, you wonder like what was left behind in that world and in their life. You, you don't have a guarantee. You know, Matt's mention about time is we don't know what that is. So I'd ask you today to think about this. Is there someone you need to make peace with? Is there someone that you need to clear things up with? Is there something that you wish that you would have or could have done that you haven't? And, and maybe tied into that in addition to just taking the realization that life is precious and it's short. Um, and if today was your last day, you know, you know, what would you do and all that kind of stuff. The one thing that I did with my dad is I wrote him a letter before he died and I told him what he meant to me. And I apologized for stupid things I did when I was younger. I think it was like a six page letter. My dad and I didn't talk. He wasn't a very talkative guy. He never literally never said a word about the letter to me. My mom told me that when she went to visit him in the hospital room, he had the letter in his hand and she went to take it from him. And he said, nope, that's mine. And she said, what is it? He said, it's a letter between me and the kid. He used to call me the kid. She goes, well, what's in it? He goes, it's between him and I. And that's all he ever said about it. But what it communicated to me was he heard what I had to say. So in addition to understanding that you're going to die someday and you want to get your life right, um, Make sure that the people around you understand how you feel about them. It might freak them out a little bit, you know, to, to take your significant other by the hand and go, hey, just let me just tell you something. I really love you and you really do a lot for us and you really do a lot. You know, you really contribute so much or you do so much. Or you're so supportive or, or your kids or your best friend or your girlfriend, boyfriend, whoever, somebody who your parent, your loved one, your grandparent. Don't wait for that. I had such a sense of peace when my dad died because I knew and I know right now all these years later that my dad knew exactly how I felt about him and he knew exactly what I was sorry for 
and that I, I know he forgave me and I know that that love was communicated. And for me, that's the advice I've given every single friend, including my beautiful wife when her dad was dying. And I said to her, make sure you talk to him every day, sit down with him and tell him how much you love him and what he means to you and how much he means to you because not even so much for him, but for you. And everybody that I've ever shared that with has said to me that that has given them a sense of peace. So that's, those are the three things that I, I think we'd love to live, leave our, our folks with as we talk about this. And you know what? I've, as a nurse, been around a lot of death. I've seen a lot of children die. I've seen a lot of young people die. And I, I can tell you that it is a sacred moment. It is a sacred time. If you've got somebody in your life right now who is in stages of something or is very sick, or if you're worried about that, you know, our, heart, our hearts go out to you. Make sure that you are taking care of the, the, the business part of life because that stuff can get very messy afterwards, as you guys know. Most of all, make sure that they know what you feel about them and, and what they mean to you. And also take care of yourself. Being a caregiver is, is a heavy burden to carry. So that being said, on this heavy, heavy podcast that we just did, we are so grateful that you guys tuned into this. We can't guarantee what the next one's gonna be about, but it's gonna give you some three things to help you win. We hope this was a drop in the bucket of happiness for you, even though it was a sad kind of topic. We hope this was something that gave you something to think about, maybe something to do. We hope that we're helping you win your life a little bit better. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us. On behalf of Matt and John, this is Rich saying thank you for tuning in to Three to Win. We look forward to chatting with you next time. Thanks for listening. Three to Win is a podcast for the high-achieving self-starter that understands there has got to be a better way to maximize their potential. You can help us create impact by sharing this with a friend or rating and reviewing our podcast. 